how what was your origin story on on key performance indicators for you in the event rental business? I mean, I mean, I just want to echo kind of what what Nate actually said was was having the background data where I could I could click back to 2019 was the last kind of normal year for the whole entire rental industry, you know. So yeah. I, I go, hey, we were we were in a good spot. Our our net was good in 2019. You know, why was that? What changed? Um, you know, and, and and what aspects are so being able to, you know, program within four, five, six, seven clicks and saying, here's the data I'm trying to extrapolate and what went sideways. How do we get back to these 2019 numbers um, hmm. was incredibly powerful within the software. Very cool. So obviously, that's one of the things that we're all trying to learn from these BI tools, especially Power BI, is the ability to look at trend data, be able to look at historic data. Um, we may have had that available to us on some level with a QuickBooks looking at one company, but being able to look at multiple, being able to look at disparate sources of data, right, from different areas of the company. Welcome to Peer Talk, a dialogue with business owners just like you. Peer Talk conversations run the gamut of business challenges facing owners today. The host of Peer Talk is Dan Crowley, founder and owner of Peer Executive Groups, which provides a safe space for owners to share their experience, grow their businesses, and learn from their peers. Hi, this is Dan Crowley. We have a number of great owners in our peer group network, just like you, and our job is to give you a voice here on Peer Talk. Today's episode is sponsored by Robert Bell Insurance Brokers. They were founded in 1983 by Bob Bell to be the independent leader representing the equipment and party rental industries. Over the next decade, Robert Bell Insurance became that innovative force to provide the best price, industry knowledge, and service to the rental industry. One of our two guests on the program today is Phil Gatula. He and a previous business partner started Flex Productions in a garage in 2003, and it's turned into Northern Colorado's premier event rental company. Phil began in the event industry 16 years ago in high school, and after working for many different rental companies, he decided to go out on his own. Phil enjoys constantly meeting new people and running across great ideas and new concepts to help take Flex above and beyond the rest, join peer groups I think about a year ago, Phil has brought along Nate Papama. He's a CPA and tax manager at Brock and Company CPAs in Colorado. He's an innovative CPA with a diverse background and experience in business operations, technology, tax, audit, and other business advisory services. He works with businesses and individuals across the front range to accomplish company growth and profitability goals. Welcome to another edition of Peer Talk. My name is Dan Crowley, and I'm excited to be back this time. Uh, the next couple episodes are really going to be focused on uh, some external resources that the rental industry uh, leans on to help them with the direction of their company and solving some strategic problems. We have a special guest, Philip Catella from Flex Productions Tent Rental in, um, you guys are in uh, Fort Collins, correct? You got it. All right, Phil, welcome to the program. Thanks, Dan. Always appreciate your time and having me out. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we love having you in the peer groups. Uh, I know you're in, uh, gosh, what's the name of your group that you're in? Uh, we're, I'm in the Paramount group. Paramount group. Got it. We One of 23 right now are adding three more in the spring, so we're excited about continuing to get out there for event rental as well as uh, equipment rental. And uh, you have a special guest with you today, and this is Nate, right? Yes. Nate Papama, correct? 
You got it. Thanks, Nate. Oh, I got it on, on a first try. Nate is from Brock CPAs, and um, he is the resource that Phil has been leaning on uh, for a bunch of different things. And uh, let's start first understanding, Phil, how you got into rental and your business, uh, Flex Productions Tent Rental. Yeah, actually, you know, I came into the rental industry back in uh, high school, college um, at a company in Denver called Butler Rents uh, back in the 90s. And so I worked for them for however many years. And then um, I finished up um, a degree in computer information systems in Fort Collins. And when I got out, the IT market was pretty flooded. and I ended up doing rental still and worked for a couple more rental operations through that um, term period. And, uh, you know, one of the things I found with those other operations is, you know, I, I always had ideas to improve and, and make a better thing. And, and the, the, the management and the leadership never kind of wanted to listen and, 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 and make it a, a better system. And so um, eventually one of the other managers was myself. Uh, we went out and started our own gig in a garage. Um, so uh, and that was in 2003. Uh, is when we kind of did that. Tables and chairs just started with that and uh, a couple 20 wides and pop-up tents of very little capital. And we pretty much snowballed the thing just over the years. Uh, my other partner uh, retired back in 2012. And then I've been kind of running the operation ever since. And so now Flex runs, uh, we've run about 24 employees in our off season and 40 plus in the on season. And, wow. um, you know, we're, we're a we're a regional player in the northern Colorado, Denver, Wyoming kind of market now here. Um, small to big is what I say that we kind of do. Very cool. And and what does your leadership team look like? What who would you consider your key roles that work with you? Yeah, in our leadership team right now, it's myself. Um, I have an integrator um, who also uh, does a high level HR uh, management, which really has brought our culture up the last couple of years. I can't speak highly enough of how how important it is people are now employees are looking for purpose right you know they want some sort of culture so we've been able to build that really good culture the last couple of years and have people go this is one of the best places i've worked and i, I think you get so much more out of people in general when they have that respect back and forth not only from the leadership team but but um you know just in general as an organization um and then kara uh that's colleen bravo uh and then kara shook is um uh the other right hand of the business and she was in sales for many years in my business for about nine years and we moved her over to um a operational role where she does uh, a lot of our our content and operational um development is really her Mm. title so uh she knows the business in and out and um she's really good at putting systems in place seeing where there's a break in the in the in the wheel and saying hey let's fix this and do this 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 manner so those are the kind of key players in in the leadership team there i love it so i i like it because um you know obviously with you not speaking of yourself you're sitting in kind of a visionary seat uh ceo thinking in terms of the big picture um and then you kind of take your coo and you split it right you've given the integrator type of duties to um colleen who is coming at it from an admin and and people management side of things and then you got kara who really uh probably focuses on the core processes of what you guys do so uh very cool very fascinating uh love it i'm you know, as people come across your business, they should definitely dig down into your next layers too and learn from your whole team. It's amazing. Um, so tell us about 
the uh, the issues and or um, things that you came across that that started you thinking about financial uh, management and financial uh, mastery that brought you to Brock CPAs? Yeah, I I mean, probably six, seven years ago, you know, I, I, I was bouncing around from CPA to CPA, it seemed like every couple of years. And, you know, it was the same results. The CPA would go and they'd just turn the, the data numbers and, and file taxes, right? Um, and, and, I, and I kept asking them, I, I said, I said how do we get away from paying as much tax? How do, we, how do we change this? And they kept saying, well, the more money you make, the more tax you pay, it's a good thing. And, and I was like, well, not as a business owner, not really, right? How do, what do we do about this? And my, um, my legal um, finally was like, hey, you really need to meet these guys at Brock and Company. They're sharp listen to him and whatnot. So he introduced me to uh, Sid originally at Brock and Company. And um, and he, Sid sat down for 45 minutes like he does on a whiteboard, draws this whole structure out of these different entities. And and I, I sat back and I go, Sid, I was like, let's just get to know each other. Why don't you just do my taxes this year before we redesign <laughs> the entire thing? I love so, it. So I, I I put the pause button on that for a year just so we could kind of get to know and trust each other because you also need to build a relationship I feel like with any of your you know your your vendors and, and understand each other and where each company is going. Um, so we started doing that. Uh, eventually, that was in 2019. We rolled out the structure of having three different entities, um, not only for asset protection but for tax um, reasons. So we did have okay. to keep three different sets of books that definitely created some challenges and having all that set up correctly and retraining the team of an asset needs to be recorded in this company versus expenses and cogs are recorded in a different company. So, so, so I'm going to hit the pause button on you right there, because uh, this is when I started to get interested. Right. And you and I were talking and we've had a number of conversations over the year um, and. It was like, okay, I get this because we go through M&A activity with the rental industry and it helps us to uncover things like, oh, there's a management company over here. And, oh, wait, here's some assets that are being pushed into another company. Is that sort of what you're speaking of? Is What are the purposes of the three entities? Yeah. So the top end entity is just an operating entity. So um, it does the payroll, um, the expenses, the COGS. Uh, all of that in and out of that organization. And the, the concept is um, to protect, um, you know, any of your assets, which are in the secondary company and rented, leased, rented out of that company to the top in company. Um, so if you did have a catastrophic issue or whatnot, you could just obviously liability wise collapse that top in company and recreate another one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third company uh, is the organization that just pays me, it creates another, another series of um, uh, liability where, where I'm less liable in that uh, operating entity and I'm paid out of that entity. Got it. So the management company, um, awesome. So structurally, I get it. I think, you know, again, if anybody has any questions, um, you know, speak with your fac- facilitator, your moderator for your peer group, and we can roll you up to fill. Um, but but it's in basic, basically it's a series of, Shell organizations each have a different responsibility to each other, and it allows you to manage some risk um, specifically. But also, um, we didn't we didn't touch on this, but uh, where I was running into it was C Corp, S Corp, um, different taxation, you know, ways to pay taxation on on corporate tax. 
um, and also with one eye towards exit, right? So what that looks like. Um, so so what else? Anything else regarding that? How did you come about uh, meeting Nate? How did that factor into it? Yeah, so Nate, uh, as we created these three entities, um, you know, in three sets of books and QuickBooks, you know, I, I could never understand. I, my P&L wasn't clean at all. You know, I had three different sure. P&Ls and three different balance sheets and nothing kind of jived and made sense. You know, I could I could try to s- extrapolate some of the data. And so um, Nate is with uh, was recommended with um, uh, by Sid, you know, in, in their organization and does plenty of other stuff. But he's a number kind of guru and and that's his background a little bit. And he goes, I need to build out an entire Power BI for this where you can just literally click, click and get the data. Mm-hmm. And so we started working on that here, I don't know, probably a year and a half ago now, I'd say at least, and um, just kind of fine tuning it and tweaking it. And and Nate was obviously learning about the rental industry also um, from the conversations. Um, but, you know, numbers are numbers that they, they still just show what they show, you know. Gotcha. So, Nate, give us your your uh, origin story. How did you find your way into Brock and and to tell us about your intro to Flex? Yeah, so I began public accounting many, many years ago, and I exited out of that after, you know, a decade or so, and I went into the private industry, and I worked for a software company in Fort Collins that we really helped grow, and I became the CFO and got into the merger and acquisition activity, and so that company eventually dissolved, so I came back to public accounting, and I brought my skills for analyzing data relational databases, and how everything ties back together, especially when you get to a complicated structure where you have multiple entities, entities are doing different things, and there's a lot of intercompany transactions. And so my background really spurred from the public accounting to the operational side, and then I brought that skill back into the public accounting with some of the services that I provide today. Very cool. And, you know, having that public accounting background is interesting. So my background's accounting. I uh, started with Arthur Anderson and I was in public accounting, but I got to be honest with you, had no affinity whatsoever for public accounting. Right. I loved management accounting. And it sounds like you get to play with management accounting quite a bit, if especially if you're starting to utilize tools like Power BI. Right. So tell us about. uh, Well, we never got to hear how you connected with Flex. So was that just through Sid saying, hey, we need you to do this on that? Yeah, so a lot of that was was talking with Sid, and we helped develop that structure, work through that together, and he was talking about a lot of the challenges that Phil was having from understanding the financials, getting all that information together, and really getting a comprehensive picture of what's going on with the business. And so I got to meet Phil, and I said, hey, Phil, here's some of the stuff that I've done in the past. Here's some ideas that I think we could use some technology for without necessarily changing everything that you're doing right now. But let's bring this stuff together so that we can start really analyzing these financials without having to do spreadsheets and export everything and pivot tables. Let's do it with a database that we can bring everything together and get a nice picture of, hey, here's what's going on without having to dig into things. You know, in a matter of minutes, understanding how the entity's doing at a operational level, as well as some of the key metrics with labor, rents, and everything else that is involved with the rental industry. So it was a very good introduction for me to help understand what they were doing and then bring some of my skills to say operationally, here's how we could change some of this stuff. 
So, so two things I want to discuss. One is um, the concept of using databases, right? So relational databases go way back um, for people who don't know. You're using uh, flat files, but you're identifying like key fields that you want to link, you know, be able to pivot on and look at different things different ways. But when business intelligence got involved, um, it kind of changed the landscape, right? So we're struggling right now internally as a company. We started with click data and uh, now we've moved to Tableau, but we're looking at Power BI. So tell us about your uh, your growth through business intelligence. How did you identify the product you wanted to work in and tell us why? Yeah, so when I got started with Power BI, that was in my software background, and I realized it was a very powerful tool compared to the other things that I was dealing with. So I was able to integrate that data and take these three companies that we're looking at and really pull everything together and start using slices and having to use less clicks to really dig into the information. And then from there, we're able to build the KPIs and things that we weren't even looking at before or considering and really helping us plan from a budget aspect and also a historical aspect. It's very important to look back and say, oh, in 2015, 2016, what were we doing? What was working well there? And we can simply go back and look at that information and apply some of that as we're moving forward into you know the future years of the business. Got it. So having those three entities and having to have a kind of a combined PL look, combined balance sheet, Phil, this one's getting directed to you. So beyond that, then all of a sudden you start seeing the power of, and probably some of this might've come from your EOS background, Phil, because if they're pushing you towards scorecarding and data, um, you might be looking at KPIs. Is that really how, what was your origin story on, on key performance indicators for you in the event rental business? Yeah. Um, I mean, I just want to echo kind of what, what Nate actually said was, was having the background data where I could, I could click back to 2019 was the last kind of normal year for the whole entire rental industry, you know? So yeah. I, I go, Hey, we were, we were in a good spot. Our, our net was good in 2019. You know, why was that? What changed, um, you know, and, and, and what aspects are, so being able to, you know, program within four, five, six, seven clicks and saying, here's the data I'm trying to extrapolate and what went sideways, how do we get back to these 2019 numbers um, hmm. was incredibly powerful within the software. Very cool. So obviously that's one of the things that we're all trying to learn from these BI tools, especially Power BI, is the ability to look at trend data, be able to look at historic data. Um, we may have had that available to us on some level with a QuickBooks looking at one company, but being able to look at multiple, being able to look at disparate sources of data, right, from different areas of the company. Um, so what does that mean for, for you guys now? So Nate gets involved with you, Phil. You guys have, have had some success now that Nate's implemented the uh, many-to-one reporting for Flex. Um, what other initiatives slash challenges are you facing right now that you've you're going to have to start doing some more analytical things too. Yeah, I mean, Nate's just been able to shine light on the data is is yeah. really is really what he's what he's done for us, you know. Um, you know, I I think one of the key things he's 
he programmed out in the panel was, you know, our gross profit margins. And he goes, here, look at where they've gone from this in, in the past to to where they're at now. And then nice. we just start start drilling down from there in, in the panel. I mean, I think everybody in the rental industry knows that the biggest thing is labor. You know, that's mm-hmm. the key uh, factor uh, that's kind of transpired our, our industry that everybody's had to adjust to within um, expen- expanded labor costs. Uh, and then the um, the plus plus that comes with those expanded labor costs, you know, so good point. Good point. Know. So labor costs is a percentage of revenue. Is that right, Nate? That would be the main focus. Yeah. And then also what you know, what kind of labor are you employing? Is it just in the operational in the peak season? Is it the off season? How much does it cost to get that entity functional? And so when the peak season does hit, you're ready to go. Are you overspending? Are you underspending? What is the contract labor ratio versus your actual employees? What's your seasonal employees look like? And how can we best utilize those resources and combine them in a way that supports the entity to preserve that cash flow and make sure that you're ready to really ramp up once the the, uh, rental season hits? Awesome. Definitely well said. I say, you know, and with regard to that, I I challenge you guys to continue to look at employee productivity um, data and ratios any which way you can. So, Phil, um, you might remember with the spring this past year, we asked for everybody to um, give us some non-financial data. Go to your payroll and give us the number of hours worked or the number of hours paid, right? Because you might have paid time off, you might have vacation days, you might have sick time. So we look at those that data as it relates to revenue, just to give us some sense of productivity. How how much how much productivity are we generating per hour worked in the company? And again, managing for cyclical nature, seasonality of of flex is going to uh, impact whether that's a higher number or a lower number, right? And certainly comparing to your peers. So, um, you know, do you guys see something in the horizon for you to look at non-financial data as it relates? Because when you say contract um, employees versus like off-season ratio of overall operation, it, it clearly you're looking at not just financial data then, right, Nate? Yeah, so it's really we're digging into it and we got started at one point and that is just evolving over time. Mm-hmm. So those metrics truly are outside of just the plain numbers that you would see on the financial statements. What's driving those numbers? What's increasing them, decreasing them? And then at the end of the day, how is that affecting the revenue and the bottom line? And if something does change, how can we quickly dig into those numbers to say, oh, this was not as planned in that period, but in the next period, here's what we did better, taking those actual non-financial metrics and applying them to what we're doing in the operational side. Got it. Awesome. Very cool. We have a CFO summit and an HR summit planned for the coming year. We've had them every year, except last year we took a break, but uh, I'll definitely let you know, Nate, when that is. We'd love to have you come and talk with the rental operators and and, uh, they can get the take on that from you directly. But moving back to Phil, Phil, you know, 23 is coming to an end. We're all trying to establish business plans for 24. you know, you've been faced with some challenges this year, um, and and you and I spoke previously that you feel that it might be related to 
um, you know, trying to get enough revenue to cover the pure costs of the company, especially the labor costs as they continue to rise. Why don't you speak to that a little bit and, and give us what the issues are that you're going to be facing uh, in event rental? Yeah, the the you know, Colorado is such a unique market. I mean, talking with some of my other um, peers in the Par- in the Paramount Group and, and just kind of understanding their cost of living areas and also the cost of labor it just doesn't compare to the colorado market and the impact that's been hit in this market you know you could hire someone to wash you know chairs you know for 12 13 bucks an hour back in 2019 and now it's more 18 or 20 an hour and then you mm-hmm. know your 18 or 20 an hour employee you're paying 22 to 26 or 28 an hour you know kind of deal got it so it's going to be um, a challenge to keep the same types of earnings and margins that you've seen over the years. Is that that's the way you yeah, kind of picture it? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where it's been impacted, you know, and and that translates all the way down to you know uh, just just rents and cost of living in this market, you know. So, got it. Okay. Um, anything else related to uh, challenges that you're preparing for? I know you do a SWOT analysis each year. Um, to establish your plan for the coming year, what what's that look like? Any external threats beyond uh, rising inflation and employee costs? No, I I think you know our biggest thing is is we're going to bump our rates up again. Everybody kind of did during during COVID, anywhere from uh, twenty to forty percent. But I I think we're going to have to bump our rates just even more to try to get back to some of the twenty nineteen net income numbers. Yeah, uh, I think that's just what everybody's facing in in the markets and um and what we what everybody has to do to get you, you got to be within a certain margin of this industry. You know whether your net's between ten and twenty five percent is is kind of the big window there. But you know you got you got to get somewhere in the middle there, and the only way to do that is you pay people the market wage to get good people, right? And then you got to raise your rates just to match and um and push that down to your people. So, got it. Okay, perfect. Well, we appreciate your guys' time today. I know uh, it was a little longer than normal podcast, but we we had some good ground to cover. So I do appreciate you guys making yourselves available today. And uh, any parting words for your peers out in the market, Phil? You know, um, this is, uh, I think we all know this is a challenging industry. Um, why we do it, uh, I don't know. Um, actually, you know, we do it because it is fun. This is a, this is, it is an incredible uh, industry. I've never met another industry where I can call somebody up, even in my own marketplace and say, hey, I'm having this challenge or whatnot, and for them to share some data or information to, with me. And 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 just being in the peer groups in general and and having that commodity within this industry, I think is one of the most amazing things about this industry. Nice, nice. I agree with you 100%. It's, it's, I've worked in a number of industries and the people's willingness to share and, and discuss things is, is amazing. No one really sees each other as a true competitor. Um, Nate, it was great meeting you. Um, hope to give you information about our upcoming summits because I do believe you'd be uh, a star in one of those environments. It would give some good uh, case studies uh, for event rental operators um, in a session. Uh, we're long overdue for coming out somewhere in Colorado. We've been in Nashville. We've been in New York. We've been in Philadelphia. So we need to start moving more west. It'll be great to uh, to share that with you. But uh, again, thanks for being on the program, guys. Thanks, Ian. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Dan. 
You've been listening to Peer Talk from Peer Executive Groups, produced and directed by Noah Crowley and hosted by Dan Crowley. Subscribe to this podcast for notifications of future episodes of Peer Talk.